This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited because we are going to be talking to an executive of a major player in the customer service and experience space. We'll get to that in just a moment. But just a reminder that if you want your questions answered or you want to share your story, you can find me in all social media outlets. Make sure you use the hashtag, like if you're on Twitter or Instagram, and that hashtag is Ask Shep. And if you'd like to see our latest TV episode of Be Amazing or Go Home, all you have to do is go to Amazon Prime, we're on Roku, we're on Apple TV, we're on C-Suite TV, we're in all kinds of places. We're even on YouTube if you don't have any of those and you want to go old school. All right, everybody, it's time for this week's interview. And we have Chris Bowserman, who is VP of Product and Segment Marketing at Nice in Contact. And Chris has been doing this for about 20 years. He's been in this space and he's been helping organizations improve their customer experience. So we're going to learn from a guy that's really doing it, working with companies, working with lots of customers. We're going to talk about the experience economy, customer experience, what call centers and support centers are doing right, what technologies are driving a, a great customer experience. So Chris, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Uh, thanks, Shep. Uh, great to be here and thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. So let's start right away with, so people know a little background on Nice in Contact. And by the way, I'm very excited because it is called Nice in Contact, but I, maybe this shows my age, although it hasn't been that long. I worked with Nice when they were nice and actually spoke at one of their major conferences. And I worked with In Contact when it was just In Contact. And when the two of them merged together, I go, oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait to see what the baby's going to look like. <laughs> well, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful baby baby and uh, and probably more an adolescent uh, adolescent age at least by now, Shep. And it's been uh, yeah, it's been uh, a little over three and a half years, I think, since or a little over three years since the uh, since the combination. And it's been uh, been a great rocket ship for uh, for us and all involved. And I think it's been a great experience overall for our customers too. Great. Well, tell us about Nice in Contact. Give us a little background. Sure. Yeah, sure. So nice and contact. So you know, we really help uh, help contact centers and, and brands and uh, deliver uh, great customer experiences over every channel every time. And, and we do that by uh, providing CX1, which is our uh, unified, intelligent, complete uh, cloud contact center platform uh, that really takes everything from uh, AI self-service, routing, digital voice calls to the right agents, um, helping those agents be successful in, uh, in delivering those great experiences one-on-one. -on -one. And then, of course, providing all the analytics, the WFO, the workforce management, the quality, the scheduling, and all that automation after the work uh, to be able to make the contact centers efficient so they can make their customers happy and they can uh, uh, make their CFO happy as well. 
Yep. So it's all about taking care of that customer. So there's a lot of lessons that we're going to learn in general from hearing about what we do inside in those support centers. Well, let's start off by talking about the experience economy. I have a list of talking points uh, that were sent over earlier. And, and you know, I have an idea of what the experience economy is from reading uh, the book called The Experience Economy by uh, Joe Pine and Jim Gilmore. But today's experience economy is a little bit different today. So, so why don't you go ahead and share with, with us your insights into what's happening in today's version of the experience economy. Sure, Chef. Well, if you think of the experience economy, it really comes down to is, you know, you and I in our daily lives, when we think about, um, you know, who who we choose to do business with and who we choose to keep doing business with, so so much of that is about the customer service, the customer experience, the overall emotion that that brand delivers versus sort of the the product itself or the price. Uh, You know, know, product and price are still important, but it really is, uh, you know, that loyalty and that preference really comes down to how they make you feel. You know, are they taking care of you? Are they treating you with with personal attention? Um, And are they, you know, when things go, go, uh, don't go as planned, you know, how do they step up and make that easy and effortless for you um, to get through that. And I think um, more than ever, we see as companies, not just the, not just the sort of very uh, you know, cutting edge companies are looking at customer experience and customer service as that way to differentiate versus their competition. So, um, you know, so I think that's kind of, you know, when I think of the experience economy in a nutshell, it's really is that, uh, you know, it's, it's really um, your, your service, your customer experience is your, is your product. And that, um, you know, we see that uh, customers are walking with their feet more than ever. Oh, yeah. Um, if, you know, if you're not delivering that. Yeah, there was a stat that came out last year, which means it's already over a year old because it was a stat that came out last year about the year before. But uh, New Voice Media said that $75 billion is lost in poor customer service. And by the way, I look at the flip side and it's, that means that there's companies out there that are making more money to the tune of about $75 billion because they are giving better customer service. And it shows that people are walking. And today's customer seems to be more finicky than other other years and, and days gone by because all it takes really is one bad experience and they're moving on. Where before we were probably more lenient as customers and willing to give two, three, four tries before we finally said enough is enough. And by the way, it's like, you know, uh, you know, fool me once, uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, maybe that's that's part of what's going on. But hey, you mentioned two phrases. That I think they belong together, but I want to get your take on this. You use the term customer experience, but you also kept talking about customer service and sometimes even in the same sentence. Can you give me your general view of the difference between experience and service? Uh, yeah, great, great question. So I think, you know, so I think customer experience is sort of the superset of, of, of customer service. So customer service, of course, is a, is a, you know, is a big part of what can make or break that experience. But it's, uh, you know, I think that service is sort of really um, when, when either, uh, you know, someone in a, in a contact center is answering, you know, answering a, uh, a chat or a phone call from a customer, they're reaching out proactively. So it's that kind of the, the actual one-on-one connection. And then the experience includes all of that, but of course also thinks about how do you design your offering? What's your, you know, what's your self-service, your website, you know, just your product packaging and pricing make things easy or does it make it hard and, and sort of internally focused? So I think it's that, uh, you know, that combination of 
uh, you know, how you, how you design that customer journey, how do you design your offering to be, to be customer centric. Uh, and then also every touch point you have in that customer service environment, you know, do you follow up on that promise? Do you, you know, do you make it easy? Do you make it pleasant? And do you make it uh, customer centric? Right. So a couple of things there. I, I believe that customer service is probably the biggest part of the customer experience. And, and, you know, and even the companies that are what I would call 100% digital type companies, the service is baked into the digital experience. And being able to go online and track your order is, it's more than experience. That's part of customer service. What it's doing is allowing a customer to uh, go digital rather than call, wait on hold, and then have to, you know, share uh, you know IDs and you know your your fourth child's maiden name or, or whatever all the questions are that they ask but I think that, that that the digital experience is I mean some people separate them but I think uh, there is a separation point you know the way a product is packaged I mean I love uh, getting a package from say Apple I mean they have the coolest packaging that's part of the experience but when I've got a question uh, and I need service, I can go online to get it. I can go to the Genius Bar at a store to get it. I can pick up the phone and call it. So all these you know, digital channels and traditional channels kind of merge together, but all of that is customer service, whether it is digital or, or in person. Anyway, that's just my take on it. I don't know if you have a different feeling about that, but it's-, it's no, Absolutely, and I, and I think- you know that that notion that uh, you know digital and voice are sort of the the experience you get online, um, uh, you know, versus the the in person or phone call is is definitely blurring. And I think what you know what we see is that uh, customers, you know, they they um, they don't really care sort of how they start that journey with you, right? Yeah. Whether it be a self service online, whether it be in the store, um, whether it be on the phone, you know, they want you to they want you to know them. They want you to have their best interest in mind and try to resolve that issue quickly or question quickly. Um, and if you if they've talked to you one or more touch point, again, starting a maybe a digital conversation with a chat bot or talk to someone in the store, and all of a sudden it's a voice call or chat, you know, into the contact center, they don't want to have to start again, right? You know, they don't want to have to tell that. Uh, Little, you know, let alone uh, telling that uh, your fourth child's maiden name again, they don't want to say you know, who I am and why am I here and, and why do you think I'm unhappy, right? Because <laughs> I've, I've tried to reach out to you four times and, and each time you ask me the same question. So that seamless blend uh, of that, you know, and it kind of gets into the whole, you know, um, omnichannel versus multi-channel versus, you know, do you really mean it kind of question in customer service. Because um, my, one of my previous, uh, previous lives, um, was on the e-commerce side, so you know, looking at omnichannel from the retail, the other side of it, and and that sort of you know, it's easy to to forget that uh, omnichannel doesn't just mean you can answer a chat and you can answer a phone call, but that you can tie together that customer profile, that journey, recommendations on what to do, you know, to people that might be in the store, to, you know, across those channels. If I'm chatting online and you say, hey, you know what, let's let's switch to voice that you don't get you know, sent back to a 30 minute hold to talk to someone new, right? That it right, actually it's so together. frustrating when that happens. And um, I have a friend of mine, Jeff Nicholson, he's with Pegasystems and he says, we need to stop thinking about omni-channel and multi-channel, which by the way, I wanna know what you think the differences between the two are. And he says, we need to think no channel, which means uh, really any channel. It, it's, not, it's not about a specific channel, it's about here, you can reach me any way you wanna reach me. 
whether you're near a telephone, whether you're near a computer, whether you're, you know, whatever it is, whether you're near your mobile device and you want to go social on me and hit me through a social channel or whether you want to go through a messaging app, it's whatever's most convenient to the customer. So it really doesn't matter about channel. And anyway, so before we take a break, real quick, difference between omni-channel and multi-channel, because we hear these terms bantered around quite a bit and, and there is a little bit of a difference. Yeah, I think the simplest way to look at it is multi-channel means you, you offer a variety of, uh, of points of contact to the customer. You, know, you offer chat, email, voice, um, but they're all kind of siloed. And omnichannel means you offer you know, a wide array of choices for the customer to start um, to communicating with you, but you're able to blend more than one together or move from one to the other seamlessly where the customer doesn't have to, to wait in queue, doesn't have to switch agents or, uh, you know, or have to sort of repeat themselves. So it's kind of, you know, omnichannel, I think really does, it, the term has been abused, but it does kind of get to that no channel yeah. concept of you're just reaching out, you're starting at one point and you move them to the right communication medium to get the job done. That always makes the customer feel better. I could be working on a form, filling on a form online and I get stuck. Darn it. So now I've got to contact the company and I call the company and the company immediately knows who I am. By the way, I'm going to throw this out because this was one of the really cool things back when I spoke at the nice interactions conference, probably five years ago, uh, there was a technology that was really amazing that was demonstrated on stage and that was voice recognition. And within about, about 10 words or so, uh, the computer knew for sure it was me without having to uh, ask a bunch of questions to verify it. And what's cool about it is I learned that the computer is never wrong. It never uh, false, falsely says this is a person. However, with too much background noise or maybe I have a cold that day or whatever, it will say I can't get it. That's different than a false positive. So love that once I'm in the system, even if they do have to ask the questions, they could say, well, I see you've been online and it looks to me like you stopped on question number six. Is there something here I can help you with? And that's what we're talking about, blending it all together. Absolutely. And we did a, a, a nice in contact with our CX uh, transformation benchmark um, and it, we've, it's annual survey we've done and we ask customers about their preferences and, and businesses about what they think they're delivering. And, you know, no surprise on both of these that 91% of consumers say they want that, that sort of frictionless, um, omnichannel experience kind of move between channels to have, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, have the business know you and be able to switch, you know, communication medium as it makes sense. But less than a quarter of businesses say they do anything close to that. So right. that, that's one of the, the clearest gaps we found and, and something that we, uh, you know, we help customers uh, uh, fix. And, you know, and we think that uh, that's the, you know, that's the way that, um, you know, the sort of uh, combination of that digital world and that, uh, and that traditional one-on-one uh, -on -one communication with agents is really going to come together. Right. They want convenience. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about customer service and customer experience. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Chris Bowserman, who is with Nice In Contact. Don't go away. We're coming right back. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. 
all types of businesses use ServiceGuru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Chris, you know, we're talking about the experience economy, the new version of that. We're talking about support centers. Uh, you've mentioned the words effortless. You've mentioned uh, frictionless. Uh, I brought up the word convenient. And I, I don't know if you realize that my last book was titled The Convenience Revolution, just came out not even a year ago, and it's all about creating this experience that's just easy uh, for, for a customer to do business with a company. And I don't believe that it's tied just to the support world. I believe it's tied to the entire process. But, uh, you know, the idea of voice recognition, that is a very convenient technology. To me, that reminds me of uh, going, walking up to my car, touching the door of the car, and the door unlocks without me having to remove the key out of my pocket. Uh, if I sit down in the car, I push a button without having to put a key into the ignition. I mean, that's, that's kind of convenience uh, baked into it. How do you see that impacting the support world? Yeah, so well, I think, you know, there, there's a few, a few great examples of, of, uh, of, of how that's impacting the support world. So you mentioned the voice recognition. So, you know, we have a nice real-time authentication that sort of recognizes your voice print. So you think about it, if you're calling in for something sensitive like financial services or healthcare, I mean, that could easily shave off, you know, one to two minutes of that conversation, right? Going through all that verification and checking, right? And you come back to, you know, I think what, you know, I think you'd agree is, you know, a couple of two cornerstones of a convenient or effortless experience is you want to get it fast and you want to get it done right the first time. And ideally, you know, someone reaches out to you and you never have to call in or, you know, in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so I think you know, shaving off that time is an important part. Um, I think the other, you know, I think proactive outreach is another one, right? So being able to understand, hey, I'm going to send you an outbound, you know, SMS reminder, you know, a reminder to refill, reminder that, hey, it's going to be, you know, some service is going to be offline for, you know, two hours tonight. So I think having, having those sort of uh, reminders and prompts to kind of um, deflect in a very positive way of, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be proactive in helping you reorder, fix, answer a question before you asked it is another really important part. People maybe don't think about inconvenience because it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's about, not about deflecting something to an IBR or to an AI chat bot. It's about never having the problem in the first place. Um, one other thing I think in customer service in the contact center that can really help on the convenience is, and this kind of ties back a bit to your comment about the car, about just having the door open is, you know, really the contact center has some of the most amazing information in the entire company uh, about you know, for product design, ser services, you know, what works and what doesn't work and, and hitting root causes. So you think about recording every phone call, every chat, every email, then applying AI and advanced analytics to it, you can look for what's causing customers frustration. Well, frustration is going to, you know, lead to effort and lower your NPS. Well, what's the root cause? How do you, how do you feed that back into the product or services team to fix that? So you don't even, you know, so you actually really improve the overall experience, as we talked about before, that, that sort of product or service that's designed with the customer in mind, so you don't even have to have an issue that requires uh, customer service right. support. Well, you've just said, and you, you hit on a number of different topics. Number one, I want to emphasize, 
proactive service means you're reaching out to the customer to support them. Remind them, hey, uh, you're going to run out of toner in your copy machine. Uh, and maybe that could be an automated message that's based on a trigger, you know, the Internet of Things, a trigger that your machine lets, you know, the supplier know. Or maybe you know about a problem that's going to happen uh, and you got to let your customer know before they call in. Well, that's, you know, nice and, and relief. You mentioned AI, and I want to get to AI in a moment because I think most companies think of AI as the opportunity to use a technology to support the customer. But the way you just talked about it is you're talking about AI uh, mining data and for lack of a term, better term, I'll call it listening in or analyzing all conversations regardless of the medium, whether it be voice, whether it be email, text, whatever. Uh, they are able, they, the machines are able to go in and look at your data and start looking for commonalities, trigger words, and give you information that it just starts to really show a pretty good trend of what's going on. Uh, and I know that's a big part of what you do in monitoring that. So can you give us a little insight on, I mean, it's pretty heady technology. It's pretty advanced. It, it is. And, we, and we've really you know, made, uh, you know, made a lot of investments at, at NICE in, in terms of the analytics capabilities to be able to both give you, you know, serve, serve two different types of, of customers, right? Um, you know, you've got some contact centers that, you know, big companies that have got data scientists who want to really know what questions to ask and dig in and fine tune those knobs. And you have other organizations who are saying, Hey, I, I want those insights, but I, I have no data science. I have no PhDs and, and, you know, linguistics. So we've got other, other, uh, other options that you can really kind of self tune, self configure, help discover, what categories and topics you should be looking for, and and also detect different types of emotion. Because you come back to again that that uh, you know that notion of the experience economy. It's not just the product you offer, but how do you make them feel? So we can actually use AI and looking at those interactions and figure out are people you know positive or negative. But more importantly, are they frustrated or not? Um, are, is the agent polite or not? And, and those emotions um, and that nuance can really help you zero in on hey. These topics, these teams, these, you know, these uh, categories of things that are happening are really frustrating our customers. Let's go dig into those transcripts. Let's go dig in with the team and solve those issues and, and you know, and really get ahead of the problem as opposed to just triaging it. Right. And so before we take our next break, I want to get into, because I, I, I'm right on that, and I want to talk about AI after the break on how it interacts with the customer, not with data, not even with the, um, the agent who's working there. But um, sometimes uh, customers experience friction. I'm often concerned that employees experience friction as well. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I just heard an incredible stat just a couple of months ago that the average support center uh, agent has to switch screens, you know, between programs. Do you have any idea how many times this, this number is going to blow you away? So now I've told you it's a big number. How big do you think it is on a daily basis? Yeah, well, you know, I, I've, you know, we've seen, you know, from our customers before they moved to us, it's, you know, anywhere from maybe 7 to 12. Uh, so somewhere in that ballpark. 7 to 12 times? Or 700? Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. I was looking at number of screens. Oh, oh number of screens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how many times do you think they're switching between those screens daily? Oh, yeah. Um, it's huge. Yeah. 1,100 times on average. 
think, wouldn't it be great if one solution was able to bring everything under one uh, banner, if you will? I believe that's, that's really going to, because what we want to do is we want to eliminate friction internally as well as externally. What's happening on the inside uh, of any organization, especially the support center, is going to be felt on the outside by the customer. And I think that's part of what your solutions are doing is they're bringing everything together. I mean, let's get those seven to 11 screens uh, or 12 screens narrow down to one screen or maybe two you know obviously you got to flip to different screens you know but one program I guess is the better word to use absolutely agree and that's one of the, the big driving factors behind what we what we did and we built uh, CX1 is really consolidating that down to one experience for agents or supervisors right to have that one workspace and we, you know, we provide all those applications to run the contact center to, to give the information to the agent to have that engagement but we also uh, pull in all the CRM information the knowledge base so you really can have that all in one unified uh, agent desktop and one yeah. and one place to go for supervisors yep so it's all about convenience and a low or no friction not just for customers but also for employees we come back when I talk about AI, artificial intelligence, and the interaction that AI has with the customer. So don't go, everybody. We're coming right back with some more great information. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it, and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Chris Bowserman of Nice In Contact. So let's talk about AI, artificial intelligence. Do customers like talking to the robot? Do they like talking to that uh, voice on the phone? They know it's not a real person. It keeps repeating back everything they say. Uh, or, or is it getting to the point where it's, it's, uh, people are used to it, they're comfortable? What do you see happening in this? Yeah, great question. And I think the answer is yes and no. Um, you know, we, we, what we see is that customers are excited about the promise and the prospect of AI for self-service or conversational artificial intelligence where you're either using the voice or having a, a chat with the bot. So they see the promise. You know, it's, it's sort of not quite there yet. When we look at NPS by channel, the AI self-service is not, uh, you know, it's better than traditional IVR for sure, but it's not up there yet with, you know, with uh, agent-assisted voice and chat. Um, but, you know, so, so I think there's a couple things I'd, I'd recommend when we think about AI. I mean, one, you know, you're going to do it. So pilot it, be smart about it, but pick the use cases that have got a good, you know, ha have a good um, success rate from a self-service perspective. Don't make them too complicated. But second, make it really easy uh, and seamless, again, effortless to transfer to that uh, live agent. You know, if you're, if you're coming in. That. That's um, the most important and, thing. Know, is that yes, backup? Because it's going to happen, right? Yeah. You know, containment rates, the best containment rates are, you know, 20%, 40% if you're lucky, if you're really focused. So that means most of the time you're going to need to bump them up to an agent. And it needs to be quick, simple, easy, painless, get them there quick. Uh, I often say that if you think about uh, artificial intelligence or the digital uh, experience, 
which is a self-service experience in the customer support world. Compare it to going to the grocery store. And they have this new area called self-service checkout where you can go and scan your own items and put it in the bag and pay for it. But you'll notice there is always a human being standing around, an employee, to help you when you run into a problem because that's what's needed. Now, in the grocery store, probably the, as you call it, the containment rate, uh, which means the success rate is probably higher. But uh, when you're dealing uh, online or dealing, you know, interacting, you know, with a with the voice and, and you use the word chat just so people know chat is text based even though when we have a little chat it's usually between two people verbal uh, but just keep that in mind so I love I love the direction this is heading all right so we are almost out of time and I always love the one thing question you've given us so much information um, I know we I wanted to talk to you about personalization so maybe there's something there that you can give us in this one last idea, but is there one thing that you want to share with us? One last nugget. Yes, Shep. So I think the one last thing I'd say is as we think about, and it's related to personalization a bit, is think about how you or I or any, anyone listening uh, talks to their friends, family, right? It's, it's not about calling them and waiting for a phone call back or, or waiting on hold, right? We chat, you know, we, we text, we, we use social messaging apps, we use WhatsApp, we use, you know, we use Twitter, we use Facebook, um, SMS, right? So as a contact center, as a customer service organization, why should your ex customers have anything less than that full range of digital messaging apps to communicate with you? And, you know, and by the way, you know, think how many, if, you don't, if you're not using SMS service yet, text-based, text, text messaging, think about how many millennials and Gen Z are texting your 1-800 number to your call center. So you know, I think that's really important as we, you know, is moving to that digital first mentality. And, uh, and we at Nice and Contact have really made that a big focus to deliver 30 plus digital channels and make it easy for customers to, to reach you and for agents to do a great job servicing on digital. I mean, I think we need to keep that in mind. And, you know, you mentioned millennials and, and a younger generation. There is going to be a tipping point. And that tipping point will come when some of these other uh, communication modes are far more powerful and more, and more used on a regular basis than the phone. I don't think the phone's going away anytime real soon. I mean, you know, when, when they, put, uh, uh, they put machines, you know, ATMs out there, it didn't kill the tellers. And, you know, video didn't kill the radio star. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think AI is going to kill people in, in the support center world. And I do believe the phone will survive, at least for the near future. So, it's, I, it's, it's, I think it's all additive, right? The experience economy also means more touches, more interaction with your customers. And, uh, you know, it's that new volume of digital messaging, uh, you know, whether it be agent assist or AI, you know, it's all, it's, yeah, it's, it's much more of an additive experience than it is taking away. Yeah, yeah. I like that. An additive experience. Well, Chris, thanks for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. You've given us great, amazing information coming to us from, you know, somebody that actually does this day in and day out, works in the trenches, if you will, with uh, companies who are trying to increase and improve the customer service and experience that they, that they deliver. So, Chris, thanks a million for being on the show today. My pleasure, Chef. Thanks so much. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another interview on Amazing Business Radio, and we'll have another one next week. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.